This December, annual Sherlock's VIP sign-ups receive a free White Company sandalwood candle plus Joma jewellery sunburst hoop earrings, together worth $34.99. Purchase VIP as a gift or sign up yourself for just £5 a month or £50 for the year and join the most exciting VIP scheme in London. From restaurant openings, discounts on drinks, bars and hotels, to beauty and wellness offers, Sherlock's partners with London's best venues, suppliers and brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. Visit sherlocksvip.com to find out more. Around 15 years ago, Denmark native Anina Bing moved to LA to pursue a career in modelling. Clearly, she has always had an eye for emerging trends because it was around the same time with the advent of digital that she started to morph modelling into blogging. Fast forward to 2018 and she is an inimitably successful entrepreneur running her eponymous clothing line with the 10th store opening this week in London and revenues set to double in 2019. Throughout her career, she has managed to bridge the gap between the blogging and fashion worlds and is now revered by both Instagram consumers and industry heavyweights alike, counting celebrities such as Kendall Jenner, Gigi Hadid and Rosie Huntington-Whiteley as clients. Welcome, Anina Bing, to your Sherlock's success story. Thank you. This is so exciting. This is my first podcast. I'm very happy about this. Well, we are <laughs> thrilled to be here today in the offices of your 10th store. We're going to come on to in your... In the basement st- of the my basement. store. <laughs> exactly. It, smell, it smells very clean and new. And there are we pens. just moved in. Exactly. There are pens in the pot so you can tell it's a new office. <laughs> Let's start off with your earliest memories of being interested in fashion. I think I was about five or seven. I was visiting my grandmother. She was a lovely Brazilian lady. Her name was Ellie and we all lived in Denmark back then. And I looked through her closet and I remember especially her jewelry. She had like a whole, when you go fishing and put like the little things for the fishing, but she had her jewelry in one of those boxes. And I just opened <laughs> it and discovered all these gold jewelries and mixed up with other like plastic stuff. And it was like a mix of everything. And I just loved it. And so that was the age of sort of five yeah, or seven. Yeah, five or seven. I can't remember exactly. but And then throughout your teenage years, did fashion oh, play yes. a big part in your life? Yes, I loved fashion since I was a little girl, but we didn't have a lot of money growing up, so I had to be very creative in the way of dressing. So when flared pants became famous and modern, then I had to create my own by cutting together different pairs of denims. And I was good at finding things at vintage stores, flea markets. So I just always had a sense of style and I just had to create it myself since I couldn't afford going out buying it. You knew what you were looking for and you, you knew what you had to do to it to make it cool. Exactly. And did you always have a really clear aesthetic for what you liked and you didn't like? A lot of people say their style evolved. You have a very unique and clear sense of style. I own, Do you look back and see Yeah, it? when I look back at my style, of course, when you're younger, a teenager, you experiment with the style more. I think in my early 20s, mid-20s, I really landed in who I am and what my style is. So it took, you know, some years to experiment to get to where I am today. And do you remember as a teenager in those years when you were cutting up flares and going around vintage shops, do you remember being inspired by certain people? Yeah, back to my grandmother, to my brother. He was like very much into the punk style. So I like (laughs) borrowed his Dr. Martin shoes and bomber jackets. You can sort of see those references in your collection. Yeah, and I colored my hair all red and I almost shaved it like on the sides because, you know, I was experimenting with my style back then and borrowed my brother's clothes and then my grandmother's handbags. Like, yeah, I went through many different stages, but it was (laughs) very cool. And still today I take inspiration from those memories Mm -hmm. that I have. 
And you moved from Stockholm to LA uh-huh. at the age of 21? Yeah, around 20, 21. Before that, I was traveling around because I finished school when I was 18 and I lived in New York. I lived in London a little bit. I lived... And I was modeling, was yeah, it? Yeah, so I, it took me all over the world, which was a great way to get inspired and mm-hmm. build a network that I have even today. And why did you move to LA? I talk a lot about my grandmother, but she took me there when I was 16 or 17. Her sister lived there. I just fell in love with the city. I loved the energy of the city. It felt like a very creative place and a place where people don't judge each other, which was something I really appreciated about LA. So I just felt kind of free when I landed there for the first time when I was 17. And I said, okay, when I grow up, when I'm old enough to live here by myself, then I will move here. And so I did. And it was in LA that you started your blog. And you were one of the early influencers. Yeah, I think I was one of, you know, the first ones. And why a blog? Where did you get the idea from? Um, How did it happen? It had just started like in Stockholm, where I was at that time, a couple of girls started fashion blogs and mine was a little more lifestyle. And I just thought it was an interesting way of sharing the life that I lived. I traveled a lot and I got to experience so much. It was a way for me to share. And then people started getting into like asking what I was wearing. And so I found it was a way for me to inspire others as well. And how did you promote it? Because we didn't have Instagram. I know, but I blogged from different platforms in Sweden. I blogged for a magazine, then I blogged for newspaper kind of thing. And then like for different sites. It started in Sweden many years ago, and now today a lot of girls have blogs. I don't have mine anymore, but it was great. And who was reading it back then? Did you have a sense of who your readers Um, were? In the early, like when I just began, it was a mix of younger girls, I think. And in the same age, I was in my early 20s. And then when I became a mom when I was 28, then it was a lot of young moms that started following and like finding inspiration to how to find your style again after you had your baby and you still wanted to feel cool and look good. And at that time, I built a very loyal following, which when I launched my brand a few years later, they followed me and became my first customers back then. Talk to me about those few years before you launched your brand. Mm -hmm. At what point did your blog become your career? And was that a conscious Um, thing? You thought, I'm going to make a career out of this? Did you stop modeling and just focus on blogging? No, it was never like 100% my career. I did the modeling and then I was in a band for five years actually. So I went into Wait. doing music. Uh-huh. Oh, you so, say, how do you were a singer? You were a singer, right? Yeah. And Amazing. I wrote the songs as well, played a little bit of guitar. So I started my band in LA with uh, two Swedish guys that also lived there. And so I did a whole record. So that was a very fun time in my life. And at what point did you decide you were going to start making clothes? So I presume Mm. you were posting all these pictures of you. Yeah. At what point do people start saying, what is that? Where can I get it? Were you already making things or was it the the question? I was not making things back then. Like I was good at mixing and combining different brands with vintage and they always came to me for inspiration. And then I just realized, wow, they really like this. And then one time we moved back to Copenhagen after I had my daughter and I was so bored. I didn't work. So I did the blog still. And one day I was like, they love my style so much. I cleaned up my closet because that's something I love doing. And then I put up all the like hundred pieces on my blog, kind of like a flea market sale online. And everything sold out within an hour. Wow. And that was only like my size and these specific products. I was like, wow. Then I tried again. Like a few days later, I cleaned the closet again and it all sold out again. I was like, okay. At which point you had nothing left because you sold it all. (laughs) And you thought, shit, I better make some clothes. Exactly. No, (laughs) so that's where the idea sparked. I always loved fashion and it's something I dreamt of doing, Mm. but I never knew that I was going to have a huge Mm. company like today. And that was in roughly what year? 2011. And then I decided to move back to LA and me and my husband started the company and in a bing just produced some denim leather jacket a couple of like key items that I thought every woman should have in her closet 
And then we started a web shop out of our garage and then slowly built it from there. And talk to me about working with your husband. So you mm-hmm. moved back to LA. Yes. What was he doing before that? And was it an so easy decision for him to join you in your business? Yeah, it was a very natural step. Uh, he did production for other brands. So he knew production uh-huh. inside out. You chose well, I Nina. chose well. <laughs> And I knew a whole other side of the business. So it was such a great combination. So mm. we, we just said, the dream team, let's just do it. And then we did it. So you launched with how many products? You launched with the maybe, jeans. Yeah. So maybe 10 products when we went live and then slowly we added on. And how did the sales go at the beginning? You know, so this is where I was lucky. I had these following who's been following me throughout the years via the blog and my motherhood and like as a musician. So they followed me very loyally through the different stages of my life. So when I launched my brand, they were there and like bought my first products, which was amazing. And then, of course, I had to build from there. But so from day one, I actually had customers. Do you remember that first day when your own product went on sale? What was it like? It was amazing. And I like woke up in the morning and saw the orders had trickled in from Europe. And it was so exciting. And were you selling internationally? Yes. From day one? From day one. So that was something you really thought, right, we're going to ship it. Yeah. I remember in the early days being so surprised that back then you were a brand that shipped internationally because not many did. No. I think that was, you had really good foresight there. It just came very natural to, I feel very international myself. You know, I was born in Denmark, then I lived in Sweden, then I traveled the world. So it just Mm. felt like a you natural. had followers from yeah, Europe and you had followers from Yeah, it felt very natural to do. Yeah. And how did you fund the production of your clothes? You know, I started small, so whatever I had saved from my modeling days went into the first production. And then when we sold the first products, we could afford to order some more jeans and order leather jackets. And then like organically... You did it step by step? Step by step, yeah. And we couldn't hide. Like it was me and my husband literally packing all the orders, doing customer service, Like we did everything. And then when we had enough money, we could hire the first person and then very organically grow it that way. And was Instagram your main marketing channel? Yeah, number one. Like it was everything. Instagram had just launched like a few months, I think, earlier. And I think we were one of the first brands to realize the power of Instagram, which was very fortunate because... Until a year ago, we didn't pay any like advertising. We didn't yeah. use money on advertising. It was only organic. Amazing. So all these years, you yeah. just managed to do it organic. Yeah. Incredible. And how did you build your following on Instagram? I mean, you've got, what, 600,000 followers. How did that come about? I guess I had, from the blog, I already had some. And when Instagram started, I linked over to Instagram, come follow me here. And then organically, it just grew. And then by other bloggers wearing the brand and then linking to me, you know, it just happened organically. And how did the industry respond to you? I mean, I think from where I'm sitting, what really stands out to me and my team is the credibility you've had from the industry. You know, they are notoriously quite snobby when it comes to bloggers at times, but it feels like everyone's really been on your side. How have you done that? You know, it's what everyone wants to achieve. Yeah. It's phenomenal. It took a couple of years. And I think I also had to take the decision one day to close the blog and really focus on the business 100%, which I'm doing now. And I think I just had to work very hard to prove it, you know, but today we have 10 stores in the best cities around the world. We're doing very well as a fashion brand. So today they are taking me and the business very seriously, but I had to prove it. I had to work hard and just show them that I'm here to stay. I'm interested in the price point of your products. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not cheap. No. They're not, you know, blow the roof off designer, mm-hmm. but you know, they're up there, aren't they? Yeah. And you know, jackets for mm-hmm. several hundred pounds. Yeah. Do you think it's having that price point and, you know, you've created 
a collection that runs all year round. It feels like quite an intelligent approach to fashion and not too fast, even though I know you bring out new products exactly. every week, but it's very considered. And do you think that's why people have back to you? I think that's part of it. And because we are doing very great quality. And as mm. you said, the prices are not cheap, but they're not crazy expensive. So everybody can at least maybe afford something from yeah. the collection. It's and not throw away, is it? It's, in, it's, it's not. Investment it's investment pieces. It. You know, the cashmere coats, they will last you season after season. And our blazers and the boots, they really last you. So I really want to create pieces that women can invest in and then build up that wardrobe that you need so you don't have to buy and throw out stuff. And did you have support? Did you have mentors in the industry? My husband has actually been really like, he knows so much about business. So the whole business side, I really learned a lot from him. The creative side, I knew a lot about, but, you know, living in LA, there's so many amazing women with their own businesses and they're very generous with advice. And so I didn't have like one specific mentor, but a lot of amazing people around me. And what were the products that you think really put you on the map? What are the products that you launched? People went, wow. I think our you know, Charlie boots, I showed you them earlier yeah. with all the studs. Those we designed just a couple of months into the brand, but those were the ones that got us into the best stores around the world and celebrities started wearing. And also leather jackets early on is something. And also your boots inspired so many others. I always think, you know, A, they're completely inimitably yours. I always use that word, but it's true. And equally, they inspired so many other brands. I still love those boots seven years later and wear them a lot myself today. Well, I can see why. I know we're huge fans of them. How important have celebrities and other influencers been in the growth of the brand? Do you think that's a requirement if you're going to be successful? I'm not sure if it's a requirement, but it's super important. I remember when Rosie came into my little garage when we had just started, she came in with her stylist and Rosie Huntington yes into your garage in in Silver Lake and picked out a couple of leather jackets and of course those moments has been huge for us as a brand because the cool girls out there wearing the brand of course it's everything and then a lot of the influences Sincerely Jules, Kiara Fragon, all those like now it's a whole business for them and they get paid from all these brands right but in the beginning It was so new, everything. So they came in because they genuinely loved the brand and supported the brand. And of course, that has helped us a lot. Well, they've only done it because the clothes are made (laughs) so well and so incredible and so cool. Talk to us a little bit about your step into stores because, Mm -hmm. you know, we're in a time when people aren't opening stores. And for a while you were digital only and now you're, well, we're sitting here in store number 10. Why so many stores and what's the plan for stores? Because it's working so well. When we started, we only thought e-com and back then most brands didn't have e-com. So we were really early on to do the whole e-com, see now, buy now approach but then about two years into the running the e-com we felt like the customer they really wanted to see and feel the products and everything has happened very organically throughout my whole career I would say so we found this storefront in LA that was for rent and we're like okay let's just try to open a little store in LA and see how it goes it went amazing so then we okay let's try one in New York that went great so then we just went on to Paris and London and Madrid, Barcelona, Berlin, and they're all doing so good for us. So we're just continuing opening stores. And I think it's a really great way for me to come out also and meet the customers and for people to feel and touch a product, try it on. Because e-com is not for everybody, but it's incredible to be able to have both. Yeah, and stepping into the store today, it really is. Yeah, it has a special feel and yeah, the products really are amazing. I'm glad to say that. That's what we want to achieve, yeah. We've already mentioned that you do a year-round collection. Yes, explain to us why you drop every sort of few 
weeks yeah. and you don't have seasonal collections. I think that's how the modern woman shop already 2012 when we started the line. That was my approach to it, to drop weekly. I think, you know, people don't want to see something six months ahead on the runway and then go and wait for it. You want it instantly. And I think just how the modern woman is. Mm, absolutely. And you talked about the modern woman. How does the modern woman want to dress? I mean, you've obviously got a lot of intelligence. You can mm. see what products are selling. What flies off the shelves? Yeah. Is it still the same as when you launched? I mean, of you're known we, for your uh, jeans and blazers, aren't you? Yeah, I want to make it very easy because the modern woman is, she's busy. She might be a mom. She's working. She's traveling the world. I want to make it simple for women out there and for myself. So it's about finding those staples that works for you and then just sticking to that, you know, having like a couple of pair of denims, that perfect blazer, the perfect leather jacket, the perfect coat couple of t-shirts you don't need too many pieces it's about having the right pieces in your closet and then just making it easy to mix and match with each other what do you wear on a day-to-day i mean you're known for your blazers your jeans your t-shirts is it as simple as that it's literally as simple as that i wear a denim almost every day if not then leather pants or a silk skirt and then i mix it up either with a leather jacket blazer or maybe like a bomber like that bomber jacket i showed you you're amazing bomber yeah yeah so I, I really make it really easy for myself, but I feel really good about myself because I feel like myself. I don't feel too overdressed, but I still feel put together. Yeah. And what about evening wear? What's, evening your, what's wear, your look? You know, then I might change up the heels, put on some... Amazing glitter boots that I've just seen. <laughs> wow, they're so cool. Yeah. And I don't change too much. Like I really feel you can go from day to night with anything in my collection. You might change the boots, but that's it. Yeah, I want to make it simple for you guys. You're doing it. <laughs> Talk to me about accessories. You do some accessories. You do amazing mm-hmm. sunglasses. You do jewellery. You're known for layering your jewellery. I love jewellery. <laughs> what are your rules when it comes to accessories? More is more. <laughs> My style is so simple. So with jewellery specific, I really like to layer them on. I love gold jewelries, and I feel like it's investment pieces. I'd rather invest in some good ones and then I keep them on when I shower, when I sleep. I never take them off. So layer them on and invest in some good pieces. You so have your own identity. You could have a load of outfits laid out on a bed and someone would say, which one is Anina's outfit? <laughs> have you consciously said, I've got to create my own identity and I've no. got to be true to that? It's just happened very organically. And I think I'm just very good to staying true to myself. I have a tattoo saying, be true, be you. And that is very much, I know who I am. I know my style and I'm not trying to be something else that I'm not. Good advice. What inspires you? How do you keep coming up? with new designs especially when you have a capsule collection that's so sort of strict i'm never not inspired i feel like i get inspired wherever i am when i go traveling i love going to flea markets vintage shops just like meeting you today i was like Ooh, cool, cool. oh cool oh like, what a compliment no i feel inspired meeting women on the street through my work life art galleries everywhere and are there other women in business that have inspired you other successful women it's funny I, I went to see Diane one first she talked at a thing last week in LA and I just didn't know too much about it before of course I knew of her but I had never heard her speaking and I really liked her what she had to say so she's very inspirational uh, she's incredible have you read her book she gave it to me and I oh, have to read it now. It's brilliant. All those stories of Studio 54, I highly recommend it. She, yeah. Uh, so Diane von Vesterberg, anyone else? Coco Chanel. Real of Chanel, like, Such an inspiration, right? And then back to my grandmother, Ellie, Brazilian woman that moved to Denmark. She followed her dreams. She didn't take bullshit from anyone. She <laughs> believed in herself and I, I really appreciated her for that. She sounds amazing. She was. Tell us about your wardrobe. I mean, I know you sold quite a lot of it, <laughs> mm-hmm. but is it very... Very considered and I imagine it's clean and 
orderly and really there isn't too much in there. No, there's not. I think less is more. And I really recommend everybody to clean their closet. I do it monthly also because, you know, I work with clothes. So I get a lot of new stuff in all the time. But clean your closet because if it's not too cluttered, it's so much easier to get dressed in the morning and just have a better overview of your style and, and everything. And do you think there's an optimal number of pieces everyone should have in their wardrobe? It's important to have the key pieces. So whatever those key pieces are for you. So for me, it's blazers, denim, leather jackets, t-shirts and cool boots. But whatever makes you feel your best, you should only have pieces in your closet that makes you feel your best. The rest should go. What would you never design? Never say never, but I would never design something I don't feel comfortable. And you know, when you put something on and you feel too overdressed or don't feel like yourself. So never something that I wouldn't wear myself. And what haven't you designed yet that you're longing to? That's a good question. I love denim and I just can't wait to build up the whole denim program. That's something we're working on as we speak because there's no better feeling as a woman to put on a pair of jeans and you just feel Mm. your best. So do more denim. And I know you've raised quite a lot of money in the last year. Uh-huh. Uh, congratulations. Thank How you. exciting. So exciting. You're planning to open more stores. Yes. How do you keep control of the business, creatively speaking? Because, you know, it's your name on the door. And yeah. I guess the challenge is as you scale, how do you keep that kind of Anina touch? Yeah. My title is Chief Creative Officer. So it is my job to make sure we all stay true to the brand. And of course, as we grow, it's harder, but it's so important because every piece in the collection I need to love it it's very important to me that I stay true to who we are same with the campaigns we're shooting and the e-com everything I look over I even look over the social media I do my own and then we have one for the brand and you know being official I look over and approve everything because it's just so important the whole creative space and your creative director Mm -hmm. what's your husband's role CEO CEO wow you've given uh-huh. him a big gig then oh yes <laughs> <laughs> and how does that work working together it's great it was harder in the beginning when we worked in a little space like this basement here when we had to do everything together now we're 60 people in in the office so I don't even see him every day we have such a big office but it's been incredible to build this dream together and we have two little kids as well but it's hard you know if we fight at the office about something then we come home and then we have to be nice parents <laughs> <laughs> you know it has pros and cons is that how you say it but it's yeah. It's been really cool. Cause and would you advise other couples to do it together? I don't think it's for everybody, to be honest. Yeah. But if you can do it, it, it is kind of cool. And you've got two it. adorable children. How are you managing that? I mean, they're here with you in London. Yeah. You had them obviously at a time where you were, you know, knee deep in the business. Yes. And you still are. How are you managing both roles? It was really hard in the beginning because Bianca, my daughter, was one, one and a half when I started the company and I was pregnant with Benjamin. Yeah, it was hard. I took naps on the floor in between packing orders because I was so tired and now of course we have help we have a nanny because we have no family in LA so we have a nanny that helps us Monday to Friday but you know it's not easy but I feel so fortunate to be able to do both because I love being a mom it's the best thing ever but also building this company has been the wildest journey so I'm really lucky that I get to do both but I only have my work life and my family life like I don't have time for much other things so it's about priorities and you had children quite young you were 28 Mm -hmm. I think a lot of entrepreneurs battle that decision, don't they? Do, yeah. I, do I go for it? Do I wait? Would you say just get on with it? Because as soon go as they're it. a bit older, it's <laughs> You easier. will never regret your kids. It's the best thing ever. But I'm not saying it's easy, but it's amazing. So your children, I presume, inspired being kids? 
They did. So my daughter, she kept asking, Mom, I want the same leather jacket as you. Can I have Can I have a rock and roll t-shirt? She wanted all the same pieces. Can I have glitter boots, please? <laughs> exactly. So I just felt like, let's just do it. So we added bing kits to their business and, and it's really fun. Is that a big focus or is that more... It's not our main focus, but it is, you know, part of the business. And are you seeing a trend in from your customers wanting to dress the same as their children or dress the children the same as them yeah and it's not that we do the whole collection in mini versions but we have cool little leather jackets and we have the rock and roll tees and it's fun a few key pieces yes and how do you deal with competition because everybody wants a bit of your success i don't look at other brands or people as competition i really think there's room for all of us to be honest so that's my take on it And you and your family are so intrinsic to the brand's identity. Do you feel a pressure to sort of live this perfect life that's viewed on Instagram? No, I don't feel a pressure. And I hope people understand life isn't perfect. And on Instagram, of course, it looks perfect. But, you know, the reality, we all have our bad days. So nothing is perfect I just choose to share the moments I want to share. I know. And everyone's sort of always, you know, Instagram's a false reality. It's not. It's just the good moments. And no one really wants to put up the crap pictures. You wouldn't be human if you really wanted to put up a picture of your child having a tantrum, would you? Exactly. (laughs) Maybe I should start doing it now. (laughs) Is there anything you'd do differently if you started over again? No, I don't think so. Like it's been a hard but incredible journey. And I don't think I could or wanted to do anything different. I, I really built this brand by learning by doing and... I think I haven't done it perfectly. That's not what I'm saying. But I think all the lessons I learned on the way was necessary to get where I am today. And what's the long-term plan other than world domination? That's the plan. That's the plan. (laughs) You always look very groomed. What's your approach to beauty? Do you have a very... I imagine you don't have time for a very high-maintenance grooming regime. But give us a little overview. It's very simple. Same there. Less is more. So having those... 10 products that you love and know is good for your skin type and just making it easy. Like I do a little bit of tinted moisturizer in the morning, cream blush, a little bit of mascara. It doesn't have to be too much, but if you find like the right products for you, then that will make your mornings easier. On the basis that you can't only wear your own brand forever, what are the other brands that you choose to shop from? The only other brand I wear is Chanel and I love their handbags and otherwise I go vintage. For people listening that want to emulate your success either in the blogging world or the fashion world, what advice would you give them? I think you need to have a very clear goal. Write down your goals. That's something I've been doing since I was a little girl, no matter what goal it was. I wrote down my dreams and goals and then I worked hard towards them. Nothing comes for free. You really got to be prepared to roll up your sleeves and work because it's hard work. And then just have a clear vision. Do your own thing. Don't try to do what's already out there. Be true to yourself and you'll get there. Well, Anina, I think that's an amazing place to end. Thank you so much. We are such enormous fans of you and your brand at Sherlock. Thank you so much. And, you know, we look forward to seeing everything that comes next. I know there's going to be a lot to come. Thank you so much for making potting fun. (laughs) The first of many. The first of many, I'm sure. That's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends. We'll be back soon. Bye-bye.